Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts now. We're talking about how to raise kids who are confident and capable and eager so they can launch well into this world. And we're talking with best-selling authors Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SOS Radio. How are you, Jonathan? Doing well today. How are you, Erica? Doing great. Thanks so much. So as parents, we don't want to see our kids fail, but a lot of times we tend to coddle our kids out of fear. Oh, I'm just going to hold on a little bit longer. And a lot of times they don't launch because we hold on to things and it makes their adolescence stagnate a little bit. We've got to find that balance of taking some risk, but also doing some nurturing and education. (laughs) Totally. I mean, it's hard to let your kids go and it's hard for them to launch. We're like hanging on to their coattails or we're trying to, hold them back. Like, just don't grow up. You know, the hardest thing is to watch your kids go from small to large in the blink of an eye and then they're off. Erica, what do you suggest so that we can help our kids launch without just releasing them too early where they just fall flat on their face because they're not ready? I think it's a process that starts very early. We got, we have to begin with age appropriate things to learn and have them practice things that they need to know as they get older. Uh, We have a part in the book that goes through the different ages and stages for things that kids need to learn. In our house, you know, we just made sure that at the right age, our kids knew how to take out the trash or do their laundry. And we did that over and over again to help them be ready and prepared to do this, uh, you know, as they got older and on their own. And those seem like really small things, but those small things lead to bigger things. And if we can practice letting them do these smaller things, some of the bigger things, I think, is where we have this fear of failure. And we kind of need to let that go. If the kids along the way haven't had the opportunity to fail, then they're going to have a fear of that failure. So if we can allow them to maybe fail or you know, walk alongside them as they learn and grow, it will give them more confidence over time. We're talking about the stages of maturity that our kids walk through when we're trying to parent in an intentional way. We're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SWIS Radio. And a minute ago, Erica was talking about how there's this skill set maturity continuum that they kind of outlined. And you look at different stages. But Jonathan, there's that first stage, obviously, you know, when they're little, like, you know, toddlers two to eight. You know, then there's the ages of like nine to 11, which is really when you're talking more about chores and, you're talking about values and you're trying to build into that before they get into the preteen and adolescent years. Where do you start to break those down, Jonathan? We look at them as age and ability appropriate. So like you said, we have the ages, you know, when you look at kids that are like two to eight and nine to 11 and 12 to 15, and then we get up over that you know, 15, 16 to 21, we're looking at how do they mature in stages and phases. And as parents, our purpose is to help guide our kids in a way that they end up having what do we all aspire to, to have our kids have a better life than our own. Well, it's hard to do if we aren't giving them the opportunity to practice age and ability appropriate skill sets and tool sets and, and understanding how they can get better as they grow older. And so as they mature, and there's a difference between age and maturity, but as they mature, we want to see them succeed, and we want to see them struggle, and we want to see them do better, so that by the time they roll into 18, 19 years old, and they're off to college, and they're going off of the military, they're getting a job, we're actually celebrating their success 
rather than concerned that they're just going to show right back up here because they don't know how to do some of the little tasks <laughs> of life. Now, Erica, do you feel like there's a point in our life where our focus as parenting is more on teaching and being real intentional on teaching and then moving into more of a coaching role? That is absolutely the case. I mean, we can see when kids are young, we're helping them with the simple things on how to wash their hands and moving all the way to driving a car. But in all of these, we have instruction and guidance and counsel, and it kind of goes in that order. And we actually have this as part three of our book in Go. Part of our release plan happens even from young ages. As you instruct, you teach them how to wash their hands, and then you release them. You let them do it on their own. And then guidance, when you notice their nails are still dirty, and so you guide them how maybe, again, how to wash their hands, and then you release them to do it on their own. And then counsel. You know, they're like maybe needing to know what kind of soap to use. And you're coaching them along on on how to do these things all the way up to driving a car, renting an apartment, some of those bigger life skills. So, yeah, it's the instruction release, guidance release, and counsel release that we continue to do throughout our time as parents. We only have so many weekends with our kids, and when you do the math, it almost feels depressing, but we'd rather look at it like how we're going to be intentional. And We're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SWIS Radio. Jonathan, you wrote a book called Raising Them Ready, and it's wild because our days are numbered, and you actually have a graph in your book talking about the number of weekends remaining at each age that we have with our kids. Like, okay, when our kid is like, you know, four years old, we have seven. 128 weekends with, to celebrate with them. But when they're 12, we only have like 312 weekends. And when they're 16, you've got like 104 weekends left. And you're like, I want to make the best of this. I want to have quality time. And I want to build life into my kids and not just be wasting the weekend away. And it's so hard to do because when they're little, we don't see that launch date. We're just having fun and families going out doing weekend things, right? Yeah. And as they get older, it's not just that the number of weekends get fewer and fewer, but our, our kids get more and more independent. So whereas we used to spend every weekend together because, you know, they couldn't drive, and then it turns into they now have events on weekends and, and they have sleepovers with their friends. And, and of course, then they, they get their license and the, they want to go out and do their thing or they get a job. And so the number of days and weekends gets lower and lower. So does the allowance of time we give with our kids. So we believe it's critical that we invest value into as much opportunity in every situation we have with our kids, rather than just simply look at this countdown. And now we're all, my, my goodness, my kid is 16. I only have 104 weekends. Your 16-year-old's going, that's a lot of weekends. Whereas the parent, <laughs> we're like, no, no, you used to be so little and time was on our side. So really make the most of every opportunity every weekend. How about every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday also with your kids? It's wild because it makes me want to go buy a boat or something, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. It's one of the best investments ever, right? Because <laughs> yeah, when you're on a boat, you're actually doing something physical. You're wakeboarding. You're water skiing. You're having a picnic lunch together. You're out in the sun, and you're not on your tablets. <laughs> right. They can't jump away into the room and disappear. Instead, they're, everybody's getting a good tan, and you're learning how to do something fun. That can be translated into countless things. Like even as parents, when we're cheering our kids on on the sidelines at a soccer game, we're driving to a hockey tournament or we're at another piano recital. This is really about the time where we're celebrating our kids discovering and becoming what they were created to be. 
And we need to be their biggest fans. Home should be the safest place and family the closest people that they can be to. It's wild when you think about goals, because a lot of times as parenting, we're thinking about our goals, but challenging our kids to set goals actually helps with their development, their follow-through, and how we raise them ready. And We're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SWS Radio, just wrote a book all about that. But it's interesting, you break down like, how we challenge our kids to look at goals has a big part in how they develop and follow through. Goal setting is huge because well, oftentimes when we talk about goal setting with the kids, we're really asking them to set aspirations. Like, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And what, you know, what, what do you want to do the next year? You thought about sports. And we don't talk to them about the context of setting the kind of goals that help them achieve a movement from where they are to where they want to be in a measurable amount of time. So when we're setting goals with our kids. We need to really help them have a realistic understanding of where they currently are. Like an example would be when our, our son wanted to drive, learn how to drive and, and buy his own car. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, I want to have a car. That's, that's a great aspiration. It's another thing to say, I'd like to buy a car, you know, my, by the time I'm 17 years old. Okay, well, how much does a car cost, specifically the one you want? Oh, wow, can't afford a Ferrari? Okay, let's back that <laughs> up a little bit. What is it that you can't afford? And how much money do you have in the bank right now? And what is your earning potential? And how much you need to earn so that you can one day walk in and shake hands with someone and hand over the money and, and get the slip yourself. And now you've, you've got your car, but you walk through this process of where are you? I don't have a car and I only have 100 bucks. Where do you want to be? I want to have a car and I need $5,000. Okay, so how do we now progress in that, those steps between where we are and where we want to be? And as parents, that's our responsibility to help our kids transform their aspirations into achievable goals. And in doing that, that goal is no longer, you know, really it's one of the demands of life is what we're talking about here. That, that goal transforms into a challenge that their brains thrive in versus when they realize they're not going to make it, our, their brains register differently and now they see it as a threat. And, and we try to do anything we can to avoid threats, whereas challenges we always work, our brains love to work in a way that makes that challenge so worth the effort and a mark for what is the next challenge we can accomplish. And when our kids are in that space, that place, it's absolutely remarkable to watch them grow. It's so easy to fall into a codependent situation with our kids as they get older and older and we start aging as parents. And we're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman on SOS Radio. And Sometimes parents tend to vicariously live their lives through their adult children as they're growing up. And you get into this emotional attachment, right? And when we think about our child moving on, starting a life on their own, all the feelings of the anxiety, maybe even some depression, that can rise to the surface because it has emotional impacts on the kids in ways that we don't always see. Can you speak into that situation, Erica? Well, I think that oftentimes we see that parents have a parenting style where they do kind of dictate what their kids do at all times. And some of that is a just a reflection of living out their dreams and uh, their parenting style may be a little bit more authoritarian. You will do this and you will have this done and you will play this sport and kind of forcing them into a place where they may or may not be interested or have goals of their own. So taking a look at your kid, understanding your child and what their interests are and how they were made is important. It's also important as a parent not to be indifferent, that uh, you don't kind of care what they do and it doesn't matter 
you know, what their interests are. That's, you know, not very responsive and you're not really even expecting things or demanding from them. Indulgent parents tend to give their kids whatever they want, whenever they want, always there for them, ready to do whatever. And that can can be harmful as well. But if we can find a place where we can know our kids, understand them, and help come alongside them, being responsive and encouraging them, and also having helping them with their goals and having expectations that some of those goals are worked on and you know hopefully achieved. When we want to raise our kids ready, we have to understand that there's a mindset and a skill set that we're both empowering and challenging our kids with. We're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SWIS Radio. And when we talk about the tools that we give our kids, that's something that follows up training their mindset, but actually giving them the tools so that they can be ready to act and go, Jonathan. So it's interesting when we talk about tool set because tool sets falls into a category we call ABLE in our readiness assessment in the book, Raising the Ready. And this is in the first part of the book. Every parent looks at this readiness assessment and goes, okay, I can now see if my child is willing and able. Well, willing, like you said, is a mindset. ABLE is a combination of skill sets and tool sets. So when we help our kids develop even simple tool sets, we're helping them become able to accomplish their aspirations as they're transforming into goals and and to be able to respond to the demands of life. It's nothing worse to be willing to do something and you have the skill set to do something, but then you turn and you don't have the tools you need to succeed. So when we're talking about tool sets with families about what can you help your kids do? I mean, this is literally, we literally mean tools. And and that could be anything from kitchen utensils to, you know, righty, tiny, lefty, loosey with the right kind of screwdriver. And, and what are the dustpans they need when they move into their own house? And, and do they know how to, to clean and to take care of a runny toilet? And do they know how to you know, jumpstart a car? And, and lots of little things that sound like skill sets, but without the proper tools makes it absolutely impossible to do. So as parents, we're teaching our kids to, be, to have a growth mindset, to be willing to try something. And we're giving them the skills, like here, practice doing this not just once, but multiple times, good job. And then here are the tools you'll need to succeed. When our oldest son went off to college, he literally had in the trunk of his car, a tool set that he could use when he got to his apartment. And he wanted to do anything from, from hang, a, hang a picture on the wall to if he needed to do some light maintenance on his car. He had the tools he needed to succeed. He'd already practiced using them, his skill set, And then he had the mindset that, yeah, he can do this. He's willing to give it a go. So I'm not concerned about him if he swings that hammer too hard and puts a little hole in the wall in his apartment and there goes the deposit. Nope, he knows how to patch a small hole in the wall. Or if the, uh, if the sink gets clogged out in the, in the kitchen because they use the garbage spools wrong, not a problem. He knows how to fix it. This is part of the process of parenting, how we end up letting go of our kids, but not in a way that's concerning, but in a way that's celebrating. When we parent, we often talk about that debate of nature versus nurture as it relates to childhood development. And we're talking with Jonathan and Erica Catherman today at SWIS Radio. And Erica, in your new book, you talk about the fact that nurture is the decisive predictor relating to a child's future adult success. Why do you feel that nurture is almost more important than the nature part of it? Well, of course, you know, kids are naturally one way or the other. There is nature that happens with what, you know, their likes and dislikes and and things that they move toward. 
But it's our job as parents to provide them with an environment that's nurturing so that they're allowed to thrive, they're allowed to grow. And so, like I had said before, taking a look at your kid and really understanding them and what their interests and motivations are and being able to come along your child and nurture them in their child development. You know, nature is like a fixed state, whereas nurture is a growth state. We'll use our own kids as an example because it's fun. We have one son who is six foot five tall. And by the way that God literally DNA'd him, he's naturally built for athletics. And we have another son who's not as tall, but man, he has been gifted with an amazing ability to, to sing and to play instruments. That's the way that, that they were knit together in, in mom's womb. That's the way God designed them. That's their, their nature. Our nurture as parents is to help develop those things, but not just keep them stuck in that space. Oh, you're an athlete, then you have to perform in, in three sports a year. Or you're, you're naturally a musician, so let's do two instruments and voice lessons, and that's it. We also have to give our kids options and say, what else would you be interested in? Because that nurture aspect might really surprise us. And it turns out that our six-foot-five tall son is also pretty remarkable on stage when it comes to theater. And our son with the great voice can throw a spiral football that literally made a professional NFL coach walk into the stands at a pop league game and ask me if my son would be interested in playing on his school team. And I said, well, you're going to have to ask him. He said, no, he's not interested. And I said, well, then there's your answer. <laughs> but they can't get throw a spiral further than anybody that was being trained on the team to do it. So as parents, our job is to, to see the nature, the way God created them, and help nurture them, again, to discover and become the greatest version of themselves. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSRadio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.